Welcome to a special episode of the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And today is joining me, very special guest for his second appearance on the Apple Insider Podcast, Matthew Casanelli, shortcuts extraordinaire expert, Maven. I'm not sure what other adjectives to put behind there, but <laughs> Matthew, thanks so much for joining me again. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being back on. It is an exciting time with shortcuts for Mac out. So it is an exciting time, also tumultuous, but we'll get to that in a second. Oh yeah. And just want to say right off the bat, everyone, if you are just getting into shortcuts or want to learn more about shortcuts or just get cool ideas and just download them and use them, MatthewCastanelli.com. That link will be in the show notes. I have become a member since he was last on the show, and you got some cool stuff on there. So kudos to you. Doing great awesome. work. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, my, my question is, we have macOS Monterey. It is now publicly available. It's came out. I installed it on day one, of course, because I was most excited for shortcuts on the Mac. I didn't run any beta over the summer. <laughs> I saw guys like you and Federico Vitici saying, pretty buggy, you know, maybe not worth it just yet. So I waited. And so I haven't. I've been playing around with it. My, my question to you, Matthew, is... Why is it broken? Why is all of this broken? What is happening with shortcuts on the Mac? I mean, maybe as we've seen from the iOS release as well, just because it's out doesn't mean it's not broken. Um, <laughs> it might still be in beta technically. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about the line, the future of automation on the Mac and how maybe that implies it's not the present of automation on the Mac because of some of those problems. Um, <laughs> that's that's the, savage, Matthew. Very good. <laughs> There's a more philosophical part about how, like, even if you are already automating on the Mac, you don't have to replace your current stuff and you can just integrate with shortcuts too. So that's, but it, I think the bugginess comes from it is a wholly Swift UI app. And so I think some of that is just kind of, Maybe not even the shortcuts team itself, but I think there's also some just philosophical differences about the platforms that I think you're probably running into. Yeah. And it's just kind of not clear from Apple whether that's a bug or is just kind of how it is or something like that. My experience was, I mean, I have, I'm looking right now, 161 shortcuts, which I know is no comparison to what, you know, that's you and lot. Vitici have. I know you got Hundreds and hundreds. I'm a, I'm a madman, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I have some that I use very often for work, especially this podcast, ones that format links and take stuff from my clipboard and, nice. you know, get article titles. And I use them on my iPad effectively every week. I love them. And so I was very excited to just open shortcuts on my Mac, run the same shortcut with the same formatting tools so I didn't have to break out my iPad. I could just do it all on my Mac. And I found that most of them just don't work out of the box, meaning they worked on my iPad, but they don't work on the Mac. Has that been your experience in this whole transition? I think the main thing that you're running into is the Safari integrations because yes. on iOS, they built in, uh, originally Workflow had a tool called DiffBot, which I just now realized maybe you could actually, if you really wanted to, send your data to this API and get the same information back. Hmm. But when, when it was workflow, it basically was a tool to identify whether a link was an article or not. And then if so, you can get certain parts of information out of it and or Safari web pages as like a item in shortcuts have special capabilities where you can get like the selected text or something like that. Hmm. That's all very iOS technology. And so like the, they built what they called the Safari Reader integration 
when they switched away from diffbot in in shortcuts right. and so i just don't think that's on the mac yet right i think um I, I think that's what's kind of weird and we sort of expected to be able to get this stuff right away but there wasn't really communication or even some some actions actually just say this doesn't work on the mac right and i believe the safari ones just fail so like it should just say that it doesn't actually have the error. So it's kind of confusing. Right. And that's, you know, this is a special episode of the podcast. So we, we can nerd out, get a little deep. And so sure. I, I want to get some specifics. But before we even get to that, I have shortcuts open on my Mac right now. And I, I just got one of these uh, Sophie's Choice Schrodinger shortcuts problems <laughs> where I opened a shortcut and it says, this shortcut was modified on October 30th on this device. Mm. Then it was modified again on November 7th. Also on this device. I think those errors are wrong. I, <laughs> I think I, this so is a too. Live, live feedback. Yeah, live feedback. I think one of those titles is incorrect. Right. And it, so it should say that it was modified on a different device, but like there's some sort of even simple overwrite error. Yes. I, it is. It's fascinating having gotten into shortcuts because I understand some just like simple programming problems that would happen. Like if I was doing a shortcut where I used get item from list and had the wrong index, that's all that this problem could be. But when you're using it, you're like, I don't understand this. It's trying to differentiate between the same device, which doesn't, doesn't even make sense. So do you default to just like the newest version, like whatever the latest yeah, date was? Definitely. I mean, that's also why I try to back up my shortcuts as well, because I, yes. I mean, I'm trying to build these four people and as like my, like this podcast is your thing, shortcuts are my thing. And so <laughs> I have to keep them backed up. Yeah. And so now that you are making shortcuts for both or all platforms, iPhone, iPad, and now the Mac, mm. how has your process changed in like how you start building a shortcut? Has it changed at all or is it remain unchanged or how do you make it? Do you make some specifically just for iOS or do you try to be cross-platform from the beginning on every new thing you make? I think I leaned towards making it just work regardless because I didn't want to have second shortcuts for the same task on a different platform, right. especially if it was just trying to accomplish the same thing. Right. And one of the biggest things for me with the iPad and the iPhone, and then when they brought back the Apple Watch, which was also their firmware flow, and then they took a couple of years and fixed it up, you kind of build once and deploy everywhere sort of thing. Obviously, I mean, you do have to make some considerations, and I probably make the least for the Apple Watch, actually, just because oh, yeah. I have hundreds and hundreds. I'm not going to be running hundreds <laughs> for my watch, so I don't really need to think about it. But um, I definitely like a shortcut that just works everywhere, because if you just run it and it fails, you, it, or especially because I'm giving them to other people, if you run it and it fails, you just don't understand why, and you're never going to be able to fix it. Right. So I wanted to guarantee at least that anybody who picked up a shortcut could run it. Apple also thought about this, and so... In shortcuts in iOS 15, or I guess shortcuts for Mac. Wow, <laughs> I'm so used to saying that. Um, right. There's a capability in the if action, which allows you to con create conditional flows for different things that you want to happen. And in there, you can get the device details and extract this device type is Mac or iPad or iPhone. Mm. And so the, you used to always be able to use the get device details action, but now they added it just built into the if action. So you don't have to do it 800 times for like, I would have had that action in every single one of my shortcuts. Now it's just if, and so it's like, if it's on the Mac, do this. If it's not on the Mac, do something else. Gotcha. And I've even had one or two clever uses where this was always, this was very specific, but I use the device name and if I if it had the word book in it for MacBook mm. Pro or MacBook Air, it um, for the 
this is just like dumb, but the energy saver preference pane in the system preferences on Mac is called battery if you're on a mobile device or a mobile laptop versus a Mac mini. And so it had to have like an if conditional based on the name, not just the device type. Wow. Yeah, so you can get pretty specific. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think it it creates for just more clever opportunities. And I do really like just being able to do the exact same thing that you would on your computer on your phone really quick when you need to. Because otherwise, yeah. if you don't account for that, you're just kind of like left in the dust. Absolutely. Now, one of the things I have shortcuts for sharing my different podcasts, and we'll put some shortcuts in the show notes so you, you listeners can maybe download them and try them out. But I have this one shortcut where I, I tweet about the Apple Insider podcast every week, and I want to get the link from Apple Podcasts, from Overcast, and then Spotify or Pocket Cast, whatever I feel like is winning at the time. And I want to get the links to the specific episode from each of those services. And Shortcuts makes it really easy where I can actually get the Apple Podcast URL without ever looking at anything. It can just load the last item from a particular podcast in my Apple Podcasts app get the URL and done. And then I can use it in a text block later. Nice. But for Overcast, you actually have to open, what I have is a open a Safari view to Apple Insider in Overcast, like the show. And then I tap and hold and copy to get the URL for that specific episode. I hit done and then the shortcut keeps going and, and it'll do whatever. That's on iPhone or iPad. But on Mac, when you have that, open a Safari website, mm. you have the, just a little red X uh, as the, in this pop-up window. And when you click it, it just stops the shortcut. Oh. <laughs> mm. So what other like weird quirks have you been running into like that? Is it mainly just the Safari stuff? I guess that's the majority of what I use it for. I think some of those native iOS technologies they brought over, but can just be kind of odd sometimes like that is even there's a show web page action instead of a your open URL, which that's the one designed, I do. Yes. Yeah, that's a, exactly. Um, I guess it's a Safari view controller where it just pops up on top of the app. Right. But on the Mac, it's just like this tiny little window because it doesn't really make sense in the way that <laughs> it's built on iOS. So exactly. I think, I think the most unfortunate part is just that all of us power users are the most likely to run into those edge cases. Right. While also shortcuts is like, let's deploy a brand new technology on a brand new stack across the entire platform. And pe the mo people who are going to use it are the most likely to just dig in and immediately right. run into all those problems. Um, and build it on a brand new language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Swift, Swift um, so I do think even though I've I've gone through like a roller coaster of emotions with the <laughs> feedback app, I do think you have to su submit the feedback, especially with shortcuts, because you're the one who just ran into that for the first time ever, probably, or something right, like that. Right. Like the shortcuts team doesn't have... 2000 shortcuts and are processing them all the I mean like uh, I always am like ah I want I like wish you could just have my my device and just test them <laughs> on that um, yes but there's definitely so many bugs but I think it's you can actually get them fixed and I I'm like yeah. I have a little shortcuts user group discord and I've been posting all of the feedback in there and I think that helps I don't know like it just con concentrating it with other people and understanding that these are common problems can help identify like I also can identify usually what the technical problem is versus right. it just doesn't work is kind of what most people run into. I do think, by the way, while you were saying that, I have run into the exact same overcast thing. And it turns out that Marco has a stack or a scheme for 
using the podcast ID from iTunes in the URL. I guess it wouldn't be the episode. It would just be the show. Yeah, they, he uses the show That's ID. Probably, I like to get the links directly to the episode mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. Dang it. I was hoping I could solve your problem. But <laughs> I just I made a shortcut it. to do that because you can look at the current podcast, right. search it in, in the podcast app for the ID, and then apply that to Overcast, the like default URL, and then open right. it to it. Uh, right. So what I've resolved to do is I have a folder in my shortcuts Mac application and the folder is called Mac OS. <laughs> and I'm basically I'm building shortcuts That's fair. just to run on my Mac, you know, just, just to make sure they, they work and I can just leave those as they are. So my next question for you is one of the exciting parts of shortcuts on the Mac is you can trigger them in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And because it's the Mac and you can have like system wide, you can trigger shortcuts either with a keyboard shortcut or the menu bar. You can put it in the services menu in like sh- different share buttons. So what have you found to be your preferable way to trigger shortcuts on the Mac? I mean, all of those are definitely great. It I have different uses for the different sections. Hmm. Um, I think the menu bar is just really good for obviously like the most quick access to, especially I've been doing stuff with Apple Script to press keyboard shortcuts for me to like log out of my computer. And so I have oh. um, those up in the menu bar. But I also like that when you hover over an item in the menu bar, there's a little open arrow, which to me means this is the quickest way to open a shortcut, like a predefined list of shortcuts. So essentially, if I'm working on some, I'll throw them in the menu bar so that I can just get back to it immediately. Um, oh, that's pretty slick. I also do like the dock icon. If you right-click on it, there is an open recent menu, and then there's also a run shortcut menu which shows you every single one of your folders and any shortcuts that aren't in a folder. Wow. So I have hundreds of folders, I'll say. Um, <laughs> hundreds of folders? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm making my own gallery, basically. I, I worked on the workflow gallery, and so what I do now is basically gallery collection type stuff. And so oh, I just okay, think okay. of like anything that I can and make shortcuts for it. Um, That's amazing. It's like for sound recognition, I can make 10 different shortcuts or something. Um, amazing. Th- there's a whole philosophical question about whether you should have shortcuts that just do one thing or like a menu, but even that's a good example of the menus are kind of bad on the Mac. And so I don't want to click. I don't want to use a keyboard shortcut, go click in the menu. It's just like too slow right now. I think there are just some like rough edges that they could like, I can't even tell if it's just Swift UI or the oddities of like, technically the shortcuts team became Mac developers. And I mean, they obviously have, always developed shortcuts and workflow from a Mac. So like, that's the part is I just don't understand and haven't (laughs) honestly talked to them in a a long time of like, did you guys just not think about that? Or is that how Swift UI works? It's kind of odd sometimes. And it is just like, again, there's 300 actions and shortcuts. I think now there's up to like 70 ways to run one single shortcut. If you count every single automation, oh my word. all of the shortcuts for Mac features and stuff like that. Um. Wow. <laughs> so, so my, so my thing is, I was trying to use keyboard shortcuts to trigger just some simple text formatting shortcuts, mm-hmm. like remove the question mark UTM, you know, nice. reference tag at the end of a link. But I didn't see any visual cue that my shortcut was running. I think the menu bar flashes is the main thing. Does it? Because I use, so I also use the stream deck. Right. Because shortcuts can be triggered by any sort of Apple script. And there's an Apple script plugin for the stream deck. So I have physical buttons for every single one of my shortcuts, which is also (laughs) 
very well. I like give I'm giving away those profiles to my members because it's like I, I spent hours and hours just clicking and dragging icons and this. Oh my goodness. I used I like generated all of the Apple scripts too. That's amazing. Every time I press the stream deck icon, I can see the menu bar flash. So that's kind of just the the subtle thing, but it is weird. I mean, technically you could put like a show result action in to let you know that you finished, but it kind of just depends. So I, yeah, I just tested it and it's a very quick flashing of the shortcut. I guess if you have a longer shortcut, it'll be visible. Like it'll change color for a longer time. Yeah. But for a simple text thing, it was just like blip, <laughs> just flashed real quick. I agree that that's weird, but also at a certain point, that's really awesome because it's just yeah. fast. Like oh, I yeah. realized the other day I was, um, trying to log the links for my newsletter into Airtable because after I go through them, I want to just make sure I keep them over time. And on iOS, I would have to like right click on each link, go to the share sheet and run the shortcut. And then it would run and then it, I'd be done. But on the Mac, I just right clicked and did like log link and then it was done. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And then I did it again and it was done. And I just went like click, 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 click. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> because that was just so fast. And I just made 18 API calls to Airtable and I opened the app and they're all sitting there and the same thing, it like scraped the titles out of it and everything. Right. So I That's was like, amazing. oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I was that like, oh, is shortcuts sweet. is cool. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because I've, I've been a long time text expander user mm-hmm. where you know I have a lot of little shortcuts for semicolon, these couple letters, and it makes either it's a sponsor HTML paragraph for a post or even just my email address. I have like, semicolon mm-hmm. em and it just puts my email address you know expands into that nice and so i was talking to wes hilliard at apple insider who has been ipad only really as his main work machine and he just got one of the new macbook pros and so he was trying to see like what mac apps are really worth it and i said oh text expander and then we got into a conversation of can shortcuts almost replace what something like text expander does like with formatting of text and i feel like it's it's close to it the one thing that shortcuts can do correct me if i'm wrong is if you do have like a text formatting type shortcut it can't just place the text for you you always have to end the shortcut with a copy to clipboard and then you manually command v it in a form or on a page is that true yes although now that i think about it you could use the run apple script action to simulate the keyboard shortcut for paste okay and they can paste it for you (laughs) Um, but i do agree that Text Expander, I think just Text Expander is probably more purpose-built for what that is. Yeah. And you can do inline prompts in Text Expander. I think one of the funny things for me, just as an aside, is that I used the Mac before I used the iPad and shortcuts to this degree. So I'm coming back to now to like Text Expander <laughs> and Alfred stuff that I always used before. And now yeah. I can just like figure out which one works best too. So I do think I like Text Expander for even just the workflow of creating the text, yeah. the keyboard shortcut to replace it, and then managing that versus hundreds of shortcuts for the same kind of thing, I think is probably right. like more purpose-built and their little sound effect that it plays it like I that's exactly what I thought of when you said it yes. it doesn't do anything it's text expander has the little or something that little that little pop sound have, yeah. yeah it's a very reassuring like it worked and the text is there this is why every single time the answer is just to make another shortcut that plays a sound <laughs> at the end of one of your <laughs> no, shortcuts no Matthew no we but I've actually wanted this. that for NFC tags and it kind of does make sense for some shortcuts to confirm that 
it's done. Um, All right. I'm going to do it. it. <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. So can you now sound file? Oh my goodness. So I'm looking on the Mac. You can add a play sound like step action. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you can use whatever. Do you like? Yeah. I mean, now that, especially on the Mac compared to the, the iPad and iPhone where people just don't think of files in the same way. You right. just have a sound file anywhere on your system. There's an action now. Uh, one of the things shortcuts for Mac got was, or actually both platforms got better file support for the entire system. And so there is an action just called file. And if you go into like your audio file fo- or your audio folder and pick an audio sound, mm. I don't know. It's so weird to talk about audio files sometimes. Um, but if you pick a sound and then put it in there and then play the sound, it can just be like a little ding every single time. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not a whole new shortcut. You could just add this, the action, you know, to make a sound. That's pretty slick. Yeah, that's true. I guess you could just use the built-in ones as well. All right. Um, Point for Wes, I guess. Because <laughs> you can kind of mimic it. But Yeah, but I still, I mean, I have a whole text expander library that I still use um, for like yeah. repla- doing the... A good one is like uh, I use semicolon and then command and it will put the icon for the command key because Ooh. now I'm referencing lots of keyboard shortcuts. And so actually I've been using that a lot. Very nice. One of the things I still have to get used to is using shortcuts on iPad or iPhone, you know, you tap the little three dots to edit it or you just mm-hmm. tap the shortcut anywhere else to run it. And on Mac, you either have to press the play button. I guess it's, the, I mean, if you're looking at the shortcuts in the shortcut app, you have to press the play button. And because if you just to click run, yeah. in the color, nothing happens. <laughs> it just yeah. stares at you. Then you double click to open and edit. I think that's again, it's, I think they did try to meet Mac users where they are more than account mm. for people who are using their iPad because it's a good point. I think even just because of the fat finger syndrome of like clicking on a shortcut icon with the mouse is so much more precise. I don't know. It's even because it's on a screen, it does feel like you have to scroll around across the shortcut a lot to, I don't know. It's just kind of an odd experience. If you did just click shortcuts with your mouse once and they ran, (laughs) it would be like, Oh God, I'm running shortcuts constantly. So I bet that that was a thing that they learned from experience. Um, But the expectations are just going to be slightly different. Another one that related to the Safari thing that we were talking about before is that the share sheet on the Mac mm. is really has always historically not been a thing or deprioritized and right. on iOS was like the thing for sharing in between apps. Right. And so you can't even run a shortcut from the share sheet, which is very weird. I honestly think yeah. that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I was I was looking for my shortcuts in the share sheet. Exactly. But it's the services menu, not the share sheet that they go to. Yeah. I think the thing actually that um Chris Lolly was mentioning to me that I hadn't thought about it slightly does depend on the situation, but if you use the get what's on screen action, you can get the frontmost browser window or something like that. Mm. And then that's a whole new action that was added just in iOS 15 and Mac OS. Um, it's a, on iOS, it's also one of the sharing options is getting the on screen content because that was always a thing is you couldn't get the current URL from Safari or, or uh, like a deep link from the notes app or something right. like that. So right. they're kind of like a, that can actually be a solution besides running it from the share sheet for like the menu bar, for example. Right. Um, I need so, to play around with that more though. Cause I just figured that just to be clear too, is the it's called receive what's on screen is for, 
feature like the share sheet for iPhone and iPad, but there is an action called get what's on screen that does work on the Mac as well. So <laughs> I just like didn't realize that because uh, okay. it just, I, I had kind of associated those features together. Right. Well, tell me, I mean, let's go to the positive of shortcuts on macOS. <laughs> Have you, like, what are some of your favorite shortcuts or most used, most useful shortcuts that you have been using on the Mac? So I think one of the interesting things is is that there is so much from the iPhone and iPad that I can bring across, like anything that I was doing with calendars and things like that mm. becomes a lot more functional on the Mac because that for most people, this is where you actually do that work. And so I think a lot of times in the past, I had, like you said, all of those text formatting things, I have all these shortcuts and have for years that does this. But when you're just picking up your iPhone, like a lot of people kind of just don't care or it's just not as interesting versus specialized situations like that. So I definitely do a lot of text manipulation or like photos is a really good. Mm. If you're working with images, you can batch process like 100 photos and rename them sequentially or something like that. Shortcuts in general on iPhone and iPad and Mac are good for sort of mental bookmarks, like obviously in the name, a shortcut to something, but (laughs) files, websites, parts of apps, like deep links into apps. I use some that can, I basically have a menu of uh, Slack channels that you can dive into because I know the URL scheme for Slack. That's actually a thing is that URL schemes for Mac apps are very alive and well because this, that's also how they use, just like get the window to open to a specific page. And so if you figure that out for any part of the platform, it can usually work of just like, I have Discord deep links as well that I can generate. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that stuff is that's awesome. very cool. They just added a bunch of new PDF manipulation features, which are um, really powerful. And even something you've always been able to do with shortcuts is because it has the scripting tools, you can take text and split it apart and then yes. basically turn it into comma separated values and like generate a whole spreadsheet of data and then paste it on top of your spreadsheet and it'll just fill into the cells and stuff like that. So there's just really powerful, it's just a base level of automation for all of these things that you might be doing for your job. Like, I mean, another one is creating folder structures, like it can create... Ooh common one for video makers is like you have the project and then you have like audio video and then within video you have a roll b roll and stuff like that and so it could just right. create that immediately for you which is really nice i'm, I'm making notes of shortcuts i'm going to try and make after we let's <laughs> go yeah i mean totally like if you have a list too i can probably send you ones that i've already made for some of this stuff um that's amazing it's it's just so powerful and i think this is where a lot of the stuff that for most people i think just the association with the phone is your personal life and then your work computer is your laptop or something like that Mm -hmm. i'm gonna leave the whole ipad thing aside because in many ways for me it's kind of nice now that i don't have to justify an ipad i can also it's like you can just use it anywhere and the ipad's also really great because it has shortcuts on it right right so i do have like tons of shortcuts that are for personal life but then that's a lot that also is great for work right yeah even just opening the right apps and positioning them for you in the way that you like is really powerful like one click setup for i do like live streams or something like that and the windows need to be in a very specific spot or just like how you like to do your zoom calls and have your notes on one side or something like that you can rearrange all the windows as much as you want but i'm not gonna lie one of the things i am enjoying the most is using apple script because it's just in the same way that Shortcuts always enabled me to do more with the apps and built-in actions 
with Apple Script, I can just go like on top of that and it's also just really nice because I just Google it and a lot of people have shared Apple scripts <laughs> from the last 20 years. Right. Uh, I saw one on Twitter that was like extract the presenter notes from a keynote. What? And I was like, oh my God, like some of that stuff is like, wow, this is, if they build that power of Apple script into shortcuts over the next three years, that's where it's just going to be messed up how good shortcuts is. <laughs> and <laughs> no, and even then right now you can tap into that and just kind of play around. Like I do just, I love triggering the keyboard shortcuts. Like I was saying, yeah. using an Apple script so I can tell my system to press command K or something like that and open a switcher depending on the app or, um, yeah, just like logging out. It is amazing how much value there is in keyboard shortcuts that now I can just turn into a shortcut that I can tap once and it'll just do the thing. You can even like do terminal commands um, through Apple Script. It can run a shell script. Wow. And so one of the stupid things that I did was, do you remember the Magic Genie Minimize? For yeah, yeah, yeah. if you held Option, it would slowly close all your windows. That's right. been gone for a couple of years, but there's a terminal command that you can uh, like kill the system override and reactivate it. And so I have a shortcut that you can run and deactivate the thing later if you don't want it. But wow. just to add in that dumb feature, then like so when you hold option and minimize it, it'll just go extremely slow. Like. <laughs> well, and it's so helpful because, you know, you can have a lot of keyboard shortcuts memorized, but when you have text expander and shortcuts exactly. and any other number of utility applications, it's hard to remember so many keyboard shortcuts. And so something like a stream deck where you can also program it to do keyboard shortcuts by itself or like a shortcuts menu to run just different commands. So you just don't have to remember it all. I do like exactly. that visual element of the shortcuts ecosystem. Totally. Like shortcuts, I think that's what is fascinating about getting into it and looking at all of these existing Mac automation tools is so many times they did just need a front end to run it. Right. And so that's what shortcuts can be is the menu bar and the, a dock icon as a as just the way as a shortcut to run your Mac automations versus eventually shortcuts itself will be able to do all of those things as well. Right. But at least until then, it does just give you that access, which is really nice. Um, I forgot to mention too, you can add shortcuts to the dock right. through the file menu, um, which isn't as obvious. And then there's even a bonus feature beyond that is if you, once it's in the dock, if you right click on it and then do option show and finder, it'll show you a folder of all of your shortcuts as dot applications, because that's all it really is in the dock is like you click it. It's like a application wrapper, then runs the shortcut using, I assume, Apple script or something like that. Right. But it basically means that that is a application file for your shortcut. So your shortcut is now officially an app and you can put it anywhere in your file system and run the shortcut from your file system as well. So like in the folder <laughs> oh of your goodness. taxes, in your taxes folder, you can have a shortcut that opens like the Slack channel to your tax guy and stuff like that. So wow, it's wild. Like that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just the keyboard shortcuts too. Like I do think keyboard shortcuts, I just have so many, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to realistically use most of those um, via the <laughs> keyboard. But Right. It's still wild and you can trigger them from launch bar or Alfred or a uh, better touch tool. I don't, I guess Hazel could be involved as like the listening to your file system thing. And then I'm curious if it could run a shortcut when something happens. I haven't even thought about that. Oh my goodness. Well, goodness, it blew my mind several ways. <laughs> yeah, One, <I'm> just going. <laughs> I just did the show and finder 
on a dock icon for a shortcut. And then you can do the right click show package contents. And it's got everything like a version P list, info P list. Oh, nice. I don't like think it's I've a tried full, that. It's a full application. Like it's so wild. So that's cool. And I was also going to say about Hazel, which we've talked about on Apple Insider before. William really loves Hazel. I started using it. They'll automate either renaming files or moving files around depending on what folders you put them in. And I was thinking, I guess shortcuts could rename and move files for you. But what it's missing, and hopefully I imagine they'll add this sometime soon, is an automations tab in the Mac shortcuts app. Yeah, I don't, I mean, one of the things, if you do look at the automations tab on iOS, is it's very built for mobile features, like moving around and things like that, that kind of just don't apply to the Mac. Um, Although it could, because you can do like, you know, your Mac has a location when it connects to a Wi-Fi network. I have a feeling, just kind of based on how things have gone, I, I mean, partially is if you already know how to automate your Mac, you can automate shortcuts using like cron jobs. I don't even, this is, a. am literally don't even know what I'm saying at this point because I don't know how to do terminal stuff. But <laughs> right, like, right. You can use any of those other Mac apps to automate shortcuts itself because anything on the Mac can just run whenever it wants. So like right. there's an app called Signals for HomeKit that has been using HomeKit integration like it can listen for home kit events and run shortcuts for you so that's wild alone right that's just like genius and so powerful and it's just like oh it's just another app that can just do this now um so any of the like <laughs> hazel probably that's what i'm just saying is like i just don't know i haven't practiced with hazel in a while can it run scripts like a shell script i assume it can yeah well i have hazel Let right just here. click on that first yeah i'm gonna open hazel we're doing some live yeah run apple script oh yeah man that's that's amazing <laughs> That's so, so good. Could, so it could run a shortcut. So it can just trigger a shortcut at any process step. And shortcuts itself can also rename files and move files. Not that I think in the same way, use Hazel to create the advanced system that you want and then just run a shortcut that gets the thing. Like, I mean, shortcuts can, a really powerful tool that I just want to say, because this is also what I get a lot of value out of shortcuts from, is interacting with web APIs yes. through the get contents of URL action. And so shortcuts could, you could have Hazel like monitor your file system, a file changes, shortcuts makes an API call to get the data from your web service, and then it's on your Mac, and then Hazel continues on with it or something like that too. So like, it's, this is like, I mean, this guy's the one. So Man, I, love to, I love hearing you get excited because that makes me more excited too. Because it's like, <laughs> I think especially I what happens with personal life stuff is I sort of have to make it more generic to apply to more people. And I mean, obviously like specific life stuff is still relevant, but specific work stuff is like, that's where literally the money's at saving you time and effort for your daily job uh, or like those repeated things. So even as a podcaster, yeah, like every single part of that process, once it's done, you can rename it, put it in the right file, tweet it out. You could like clip audio from it at certain moments that I don't know, like, Oh my goodness. I want to talk to you more about it because I'll, well, now, I'll automate your podcast for you. I have I have a short a set of shortcuts for podcasters because I do I have a show called Smart Tech Today. Um, right. but I've been meaning to get send it out. So Oh my goodness. Well, I'm thinking now because <laughs> if you could automate with like a new RSS item where it can trigger the shortcut that I use to share, you know, the podcast. Oh my goodness. Like it's just wild. Okay. Th- that's that's amazing. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, looking at the automation triggers on iOS. There is like the location-based arrive, leave that might not work on the Mac, but 
You could use triggers like when you connect to a certain Wi-Fi network, which would be very useful, you know, if you're in the office or you're at home, Bluetooth, and even like battery levels. If you're on a MacBook Pro, MacBook, and you want to trigger low power mode, which is a thing now on the Mac, I believe. Is it? I thought it was. Do, um... Yes, there's also the high yes, power mode for the other Macs. Although I don't think the short, that's another good example. The shortcuts action does not work for low power mode on the Mac because it was very much built for iOS and it could just even be out of the hundreds of things. That's probably not the priority of right. it just actually working right now. Um. <laughs> um, we're, 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 this is going to be a three hour podcast just going into the nerd stuff. So uh, let me ask just a couple more questions. Sure. One, what have been new like triggers or actions, maybe in iOS 15, 15.1, 15 15.2, I don't know if you're running the beta, that you have really been finding useful or enjoy. I just personally found, scrolling through the automations tab on my iPhone in the Shortcuts app, that sound recognition is now a trigger? Yeah, that one's awesome. Um, what I in the world? I just saw on Reddit too, I couldn't, I've been trying to think of like, just kind of helpful ideas for that, where it's like, oh, I'm, like the automation beep goes off and then, or like actually the signals app that I had, it was for, it was supposed to be for knocking because I was, I just rearranged my desk. So it's not like this anymore, but I had my back to the door. And so I'd be wearing my AirPods max and I could never hear my girlfriend come in and I would be like, Jesus, like as she said something. (laughs) And so the idea was that when there was door knocking, my phone would use the signals app, which the main functionality of it is just to um, flash a light, flash, yeah. flash a light for your home cable, which is not possible otherwise. And so it would flash my desk light so that I knew that somebody was knocking. Um, wow. Yeah. And so those automations are great. But the one that I saw on Reddit was just coughing to log it if you have COVID <laughs> symptoms. And I was oh like, oh my, my God, goodness. that's actually really powerful and like could save your life or like that's like real data right. to give to your doctor and stuff like that. And so I, I had never seen this menu before. Apparently sound recognition is in the accessibility menu mm-hmm. uh, in your iPhone. And some of the sounds, like Matthew was saying, you could do like coughing, but also glass breaking, baby crying, door knock, mm-hmm. dog, doorbell, water running car horn like this is i had no idea this was here this is wild yeah and they added it last year but it you could shortcuts could turn it on but it couldn't do anything with it and so i think now that it can trigger something afterwards that's where it's really powerful yeah like baby crying could just immediately open your baby monitor app i think one of the weird things there is the true automation versus just a prompt because Right. Um, my neighbor does construction and so there's knocking noises all the time. And so if it was just constantly flashing my lights, it would be insane. But also if I had to run it every single time, it just wouldn't even make sense at all Right. from the menu. And so like, I think in general, I, what I kind of assume with shortcuts for Mac, not having these is just that, um, you probably would get into a situation where you actually created issues more mm. that like, I think they're really trying to move slow so that you don't just have, you don't make a shortcut that runs every minute of every day and then <laughs> creates 10 billion files. And like, you just are like, Oh my God, like yeah, yeah, shortcuts yeah, yeah. really does have the potential to just, it could go wild. Scale. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> exactly. could go wild. Un- un- unintentionally. So I think they're, trying to even just in general, it's like introduce the people to it and then make it more powerful again versus bringing over all the power at once. And then you just lose your head, even though it's obviously still so powerful. So, right. Which let me also say, Apple, please put the notification toggle for shortcuts 
legit in the settings app. Even if you have to like make the user build a medium complicated shortcut to have the ability to turn it off or something. Because I imagine that's what Apple's afraid of is they don't want some random shortcut running and a user is like, what just happened with my device? At least the notification lets them know what happened. But I don't know. The menu bar thing is exactly that though. Like Mm. you kind of don't know that it's running. And but I also wish that was all it was on the iPhone. I think they should put it in the notch where the the clock is. It should just (laughs) be a little check that goes off and animates so you see it. And then there's also like a special section in notification center or it's still just in there, but you just don't have to physically see it each time. I mean, it's gotten that is brilliant because right now, like the location (laughs) arrow is right next to the clock whenever your location is being accessed on the iPhone. Just put a little shortcut symbol there. That's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. That's something I probably should have filed this feedback also and is like a good example of just <laughs> I thought of that a while ago and like maybe they just hadn't or something. I don't know. Well, I, be- I believe Apple listens to this show. They're, they're hearing all your ideas right now in real time. <laughs> so it's not a problem. That's fair. But anyway, uh, ac- back, to <laughs> back to the question from 10 minutes ago. Any actions that you've really been liking that are added in 15, 15.1 or 0.2? Yeah, I mean, I think some of that Mac stuff is is what I'm having the most fun with. I think the, oh yeah, the focus automation actually mm. is really powerful. Um, and because it compensates the lack of true automation with location-based things, or like you were saying with the Wi-Fi thing, I think in the same way, all of those are like, if it thinks you're there, but then it thinks you're not there, and then it thinks you're there again, shortcuts are just going to be running constantly. Mm, so that's right. not the most reliable way to choose, like I'm at work. With focus modes, they have smart activation and better location. They act, they have true location automations for turning on and off focus modes. Mm. Those are also automation triggers. And so, in effect, you can have true location automation through focus modes. And it also, I think it more realistically reflects a context shift where you are moving from one spot to the other and want to change modes. And so something else happens, right. but it's basically like if your work mode, you can have your work turn on automatically at a location and then your work focus triggers a shortcut. So I think they've kind of achieved it through a different route sort of. Right. And even just like the focus automations are at the bottom of the list. And so people might not see them as much, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but that is really powerful too. And just, I think in the same way, though, it's it's lacking from the Mac because I would love for when I go into my work mode or my podcast mode, all of my apps just open because the mm. shortcut triggers. But right now, there's not an existing way to do that. I don't know if there's a Mac automation tool that can figure out what your current focus mode is. Because that, that's one of the things where we had someone ask us on the show, can a scheduled focus mode do other things besides just the focus mode features. And it can't go that one way, but you can create a shortcut that sets a focus mode and then does other things like play a music playlist or whatever. Yeah. And so it would both kind of, you can do the, the focus mode is an automation trigger on iOS, but not on the Mac. Right. So I think that's that's where it's kind of missing. And then if you really want to get into it, there's an action called run script over SSH that you can use to trigger sh- stuff to happen on your Mac from your iPhone. And so in theory, actually, you can't, I actually do this a lot, is if I have a Mac, it's sort of a Mac only thing, I will have the if conditional, if the type is Mac, do the thing, if otherwise, run a script over SSH that does this on my Mac for me. <laughs> oh my <laughs> So it's goodness. kind of like, even if I, because in theory also, that means that you could say it to the HomePod and it could run it 
from your phone to trigger the Mac to do the thing. And so you can do hands-free oh Siri goodness. stuff as well. Um. <laughs> oh my goodness. I didn't even, I have not even this whole time thought about HomePod and triggering yeah. things from there. That's why it's like, I've, it's, it's just so complicated at a certain point. Like it really is. I had to create a whole database of my shortcuts, filter them by all of the different ways that I know that they can be run and that how I built them. And then now that's all like integrated into my website and then across all of the different types. And so it is like, it's very complex. How, how are you color coding your shortcuts nowadays? <laughs> I developed a system a while ago to basically assign colors to categories. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually think this helps a lot. And I think, I wish I'd shared this earlier because it makes the biggest difference for me. The icons are secondary to the color because mm. your brain reads that color first. And yes. so I went to like red is calendar, Orange is like text stuff because it kind of looks like the color from the Ulysses app, which is orange. Oh, <laughs> and then, yeah. or like dark orange is the home app. It's like papyrus. That's stuff yeah. we use all the time to write stuff down. Exactly. Um, yellow is the notes <laughs> app because it's yellow. Sure. Green was messages, so communication kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So I just started assigning groups like that. And then that's why I can look through my giant list and then I have a swath of green and I know that I'm in the communication section and stuff like that, which applies across folders. And I mean, I have stacks of folders on iOS for every single one of these things. Uh, one of the secrets that I learned after going way, 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 way too far overboard with focus modes and home screens was that actually the better solution is to have kind of dedicated home screens for like specific modes, but then use the today widget section for all of your shortcuts folders um, and put them in stacks mm -hmm. in there because then they're always accessible across different home screens, which can now be hidden by focus modes and things like that. So they're kind of, it's a universal place for shortcuts. Plus, I don't think anybody uses that area anyways. So it's kind of like, this is the best spot for shortcuts. Right. And it's actually really nice. So that's been working out. Um, I had like 15 home screens and 15 <laughs> focus modes and it just fell apart. <laughs> it 15 just was focus unreal. modes, it's, just, it's a little much. Well, I just, I only did it because they didn't give us a change home screen action, right. which they should have, because then I can hide the different, sh show different home screens at different times without doing the focus modes, which is why I was doing that. And so that was definitely <laughs> overwrought. But yes. it also, like, I was doing a podcast and a newsletter and videos. And so having different shortcuts up front ready when I switch into each of those modes is definitely. That's the my favorite part about iPad OS right now is just that on the Mac, there's no way to bring forward your setup. Right. Like you can using shortcuts manipulate your windows and things like that. But I wish they added in um like a spaces. Exactly. The if they had dedicated spaces with names like the home screens, mm. a shortcut could switch spaces and even like your menu bar stuff could be a little bit better or I mean uh, the dock. So right. I don't know. I feel like it is going to be a slow converging in a way that makes sense for both platforms. So, and so it's pretty, it's pretty awesome right now. Like, yeah, I think, um, I guess even just to say, because I don't know, I didn't know about the services menu really, or like I did through like <laughs> right. Brett, Brett Terpstra's markdown stuff, but I never really knew that that was such a thing that every classic Mac user like loves apparently. But right. that is when you right click on any sort of file or even like selecting text, the services menu is kind of like the share sheet and you can run shortcuts through there. Um, so that is like another right. a way to get data into your shortcuts from what's on your system. And it's also in every, like whatever app, is active in the menu bar 
if you click the application name like Safari, services is right under there. Oh, nice. Yeah. I did not even really realize that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh my God, is that what it's supposed to be? <laughs> Instead of the right click thing? Yeah, because uh, the right click, <laughs> if you right click, if you right click a file, <laughs> services is not there, I don't think. No, it's in the bottom. See, I don't. But it doesn't have the same. Okay, I've been having this issue is my my shortcuts were share, showing up in that menu and then stopped at one point. Yeah. And also there's a quick actions menu in the finder. So that technically there's finder quick actions and services quick actions. And so it was showing right. them in that in the quick actions thing, not for services, but that's fascinating. <laughs> I've never ever seen the services menu in the menu bar. I have have an Apple script that opens cuz like you can do Apple scripts that look at specific panes in an app right. and then like click on a thing at a certain point and stuff like that. That is really powerful. Um, oh my goodness. Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to, that's fascinating. That's just like, <laughs> I think that's a good example of how, I mean, I don't know if iOS tips are much better shared, but there are just like so many specific things. The Mac, the Mac is a long-standing platform with lots exactly. of with lots of hidden things. Uh, at least to you know, if you don't know it's there, you just you know, there's no no way to know. You just hear it on a podcast like this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's you know, though. Matthew, you've sufficiently blown my mind on this episode. I was not <laughs> mentally prepared to, to talk about running SSH scripts and uh, Hazel automations, but uh, not shortcuts related. Just want to ask one question: Did you get one of the new MacBook Pros? I have not because. I went into the M1 world because I knew that I basically don't actually use the power of a computer that mm. to that degree that I need. I'm building shortcuts and uploading them to the web. Right. I do edit video, and the, the camera that I have works fine on the M1 Mac Mini, and I needed a Mini to stream and things like that, so I got that and then the Air, and now I'm basically just waiting until I can like justify a bit better camera to like justify the power of the computer. So <laughs> yeah, I think sure. that's, I was going to get it, uh, but I kind of switched towards the MacBook air earlier this summer instead. Cause I was like, eh, I can probably wait. Although I'm very jealous. It is pretty nice. I'll be honest. I was, <laughs> I couldn't resist anymore. But I, I do a lot of video work and I do a lot of website work too. And, and the, it's actually helpful for some of that. But yeah. when you do your work, do you reach for the iPad first sale or do you go Mac first? I mean, that's been the question for me this entire summer since this stuff has came out. It's like, <laughs> right. what actually should I be using? Because there is like benefit. I, mean, I think I have been gravitating towards the Mac more. I think I like the home screen setups that I have on iOS. And so yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Even just the fact that Shortcuts is a little bit more native to iPad. I pick that up to like dive into some deeper shortcuts, but also sitting up right at a monitor turns out is pretty ergonomic. Um, <laughs> so that's been nice. Right. But I definitely, that's why I got the MacBook Air also was to not be stuck at my desk and be able to use that. So right. I think the big thing with the MacBook Pros, just to go back to that from the, because of the iPad thing is just that I didn't really realize how bad they were before because <laughs> I've been so in the iPad world and I had an iMac. And so I kind of like missed that whole cycle of, I used my girlfriend's work laptop and I was like, oh my God, this, I cannot type on this thing. Like it was not good. And so I think, I think that's why now that I have the error, it's, it's satisfied like yeah. every part of what was wrong with the laptops right. for me. And it is like, I do think for most people, you probably could use a MacBook Air unless you are especially doing stuff like, I don't know. I've also maybe 
the longer the pandemic has gone on, been a little bit more cautious about justifying my purchases, especially as I have multiple iPads and Macs. I'm like, okay, right, I do not right. need a MacBook Pro right now. So, <laughs> yeah, and I think you know, you know, SD card usage, not having to carry a dongle. I was thinking about it the other day. I might not need the 50 dongles that I've purchased over the last four years because if all I use is an SD card, like that's really what I mainly use the dongles for. Yeah. Exactly. And I think for me, I have a just like an SD card importer attached to my Mac mini. So at least it's just there. I think for the daily issues, if I was working straight from the laptop, I would probably do that more. But yeah. I, I've been especially that I'm having that iMac before I got very into the desktop and iPad lifestyle more than the laptop only lifestyle. And I think because it could just let me have the best of both worlds Yeah, absolutely. versus kind of like a laptop plus a 12.9 inch iPad is kind of like <laughs> you should use one or the other. Yeah. Not really both. But I do actually use both devices pretty regularly. Like I'll have my Mac and then I'll do some stuff on my iPad. And so I think I've very much backed off of the iPad only world, which I just could do. Mm. And th- But also like stuff like Airtable is not, I mean, web design is not great from the iPad. And so right. I really needed to do more of that with, as this catalog got more and more complicated. Um, <laughs> and so I'm kind of trying to, I feel like I'm living in that. What's the Phil Schiller quote of like, pick up the device that does the job for you right. and then move up as if it doesn't do that job. Yeah. And then anyways, with shortcuts too, is like in theory, I could do some of that stuff from my watch because the shortcut works there. So like shortcuts fits perfectly into that analogy and it's across all platforms, which is just so nice. Like it is nice. I'm just ready for people to get into it because I feel like everybody's kind of been waiting because it's, it's kind of too complicated for certain stuff. But I mean, I think the learning curve is still really high and just getting past variables and things like that is, is a pretty big barrier for a lot of people. But right. I, I think then there's just like the high end issues of how do you manage 1886 shortcuts? Um, <laughs> is that how many you have? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, I made 45, <laughs> I made one for every single preference pane in the system preferences. So I just go, I'm very sure, sure. <laughs> maximal. And it's, I don't, I think it's biting me in the butt sometimes with the, with the Mac is it's like, I, I have 10 in my menu bar, not a hundred or like it worked with the folder stacks on iPad, but right. I have to use the right click on the shortcuts menu to access all my folders because that actually still works very well. So like, or the stream deck, right. I'm going to have 15 profiles on my stream deck. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. Man, that's the yeah, thing. It works. Is it's very it's wild. But once, especially the stream deck part, is that's the only time anywhere on any platform it's a one tap action to do something, and that's mm. really powerful. It's just yeah. like I was just sitting there, kind of like uh, doing the like uh, I don't know if you can hear that, just yes, where you're like tapping yes. your fingers on a desk. But like you could just run four shortcuts in a row just by tapping on the stream deck. So like it's actually yeah really cool there. That's so. pretty cool. <laughs> well, listeners, hopefully we did not intimidate you too much with shortcuts. What you need Join to do us. <laughs> <laughs> that's so creepy. What you need to do is go to matthewcastanelli.com and he's got an incredible newsletter. And you could just download shortcuts and run them. You know, if, if building them is intimidating, just take some of the ones from his newsletter and run them, and that's great. But if you want to really dive into it, you can become a member on his website and just an incredible amount of resources and shortcuts to run anywhere else you'd like to point people. Um, I'm ramping up YouTube as well um, just right. to kind of show people more too, because that's always 
the difficult part is you can just hear about it and it sounds great. But then once you see it in action, you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. So that helps a lot. Another thing I am doing for the membership as well is more live streams and like an archive of that stuff. So we can actually build them together. You know what? You and I, Stephen, let's do one. I know. We need to do a live stream. Oh, we uh, yeah. See, I, I mean, it's been so buggy. I could not do it live. It was, <laughs> I would right. go, you could see my face just like drop over the stream because I'm just like, oh my God, it's just not opening. Um, so we'll, <laughs> we'll get those in there. But yeah, yes, definitely. I'd love for people to join the membership. That really helps. And I can push things a lot further too, especially with the YouTube channel going further. So of course, and we'll put Matthew and my Twitter handles are in the show notes as well. Matthew, thanks again so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me.